Welcome to Churches Cancelled. I'm Brett, and I'm joined by my good friend, Danny. Well, actually, I, I changed my name to Zordon from the Power Rangers in the... Oh! Yeah. I, uh, I didn't that get was, the memo. It's all good. It's, it was a problematic reference for my youth. Welcome, Danny. Thank you. Welcome. It's been a long time that uh, we've done a podcast together. Yeah, only three years. So, uh, and this one, I, I feel like has just been in the works through the many conversations that we have had. It seemed inevitable that a podcast of this nature would come to be for us. Of course. And, you know, there's been a stirring in my spirit. <laughs> has your spirit been stirring? Listen, throughout the yeah. course of this podcast, you will see me at least make light of churchy talk right and i just want to lay that out here this isn't me condemning anybody this is me just having fun okay that's what this whole podcast is going to be danny completely and i swear to you upon all that is good and holy if one more person prays a hedge of protection (laughs) is everybody a landscaper at your church oh and they're so hard to get around you know shrubbery it's just (laughs) difficult to to get out of your when you want to El Diablo just he's sitting there with the pitchfork and he goes uh the hedges they're just too high yeah all right can't get over that um jokes jokes aside uh do you want to kind of give your your thoughts on what this podcast is going to be about I'll say what I think it's going to be about we'll talk a little bit about our background and then kind of move into some of the more specifics of what we're going to cover in the future yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, my thoughts are, you know, when it comes to having, doing this podcast and what it meant to be is, you know, it's called Churches Canceled. It's it's meant to be a flashy title, um, but my the reason I I wanted to do this was, I'm actually watching friends, family, kind of you know, um, deconstruct their way out of being Christians, and. I'm all for hearing, and when I hear their reasoning, it's always dumb. Like, I'm for, yeah. if someone gave me a good reason, I'd be like, man, well, I can't argue with a good reason, right? If someone's like, well, I just believe in evolution now, and I don't believe in the creation narrative, so I'm tossing the whole thing out. I mean, I can, I can, like, you know, it just, scientifically, it doesn't make sense. I'm not a science genius, but I can tell you something. That one also doesn't, like, that one doesn't add up either. Yeah. So. Yeah, interesting. I, I, you know, the, a little bit of a side note, you mentioned evolution and deconstructing. I went through a period where I was sort of deconstructing, uh, but what it kept it all there for me was actually the, the scientific arguments for God. I was convinced right. that the arguments for God were more convincing, so I, I remained then, at least a theist. Yeah, and then for me, though, you know, like I I went through a process spiritually where I was stripping everything out. And for me, the base layer of it was, you know, there's a gut feeling in here. And I'm, yeah. I, there's, I'm just going to say this much, like the longer I live, the more I learn to trust the gut feeling because mm-hmm. everything else is stupid. And every time I don't trust the gut feeling, I pay a price for it, spiritually, financially, or otherwise, most of the time financially. <clears throat> and so for me, this podcast is about, first of all, <clears throat> I love a good scandal. Part of this yes, podcast, part of this podcast is 
Um, we're going to just talk, you know, not an episodic format, but a single episode about some of the kind of most infamous American church scandals because the I best love them. scandals. And I think for a lot of lovely Christian people who have no, they don't have a thick skin. They have a thin skin about their, about their faith. They look at those scandals and they're like afraid to talk about them. And I would, and, and my response is if I looked like Carl Lentz and that chick who met me in the park, (laughs) right. And if I saw her and I had the opportunity to get, to get it in, I would. Game over. Yeah. Dude, if I'm Carl Lentz and I got the nice hair and I'm kind of yoked for a guy in his thirties and I got all this stuff going on and then you're, you got your third, you know, your wife of 20 something years and she just doesn't look at you the same way. Right. I'd be like, of course, of course I'm going to get a popping with this person chick. Right. Of course. Um, and you know, I think we're, so, you know, I've, there's a, there's a, a YouTuber, uh, duo, it's not Key and Peel. Uh, what am I saying? Completely opposite of those guys. Um, Lincoln, Rhett and Link, lovely guys. They do um, yeah. Good Mythical Morning and stuff like that. And they did a whole series of pod, like a podcast series on like how they deconstructed. And this is a decade before that term was relevant okay. to the thing. And <clears throat> they gave their reasoning, and I was like, "You picked the dumbest reasons. Like you yeah. haven't, like." So for me, this is about, I don't, I don't know if this is just me or if there's other people like this, but I've been able to strip back the parts of it that I think are stupid and it's all church stuff. It's not the gospel. It's not the Bible. It's not the church fathers. It's always dumb church stuff. Just extra culture things. So correct. to kind of summarize what you're saying and give a preview, I mean, we're going to talk about all the things Danny has mentioned. We're going to talk about deconstructing. Uh, there's going to be a huge focus on church scandals. We're going to go over some of Danny's favorite church scandals. Correct. We'll tell you what those are going to be in a little bit here. Uh, we're just going to talk about church culture and yeah. how it has become what it is today, what we think it is today. We are going to poke fun at it. Absolutely. Know that we're just having fun. We don't intend to make fun of God or no. blasting the Holy Spirit Never. or anything like that. There's a difference between church culture and doctrine and behaviors and you know what the heart of the gospel is i think my motivation for doing this danny you know i went to bible college we can get a little bit more to our background in a moment here but uh i there's something incredibly moving and true about the story of the gospel yes that i cannot step away from but there's something that has happened in the church that has made it so unattractive. I remember it, you, and you can probably say, I don't know who you were talking to. You had a conversation with a pastor. Uh, we both worked in sales. And I remember you retelling me the story of the conversation you had with this pastor. And you said, look, man, the church has failed to sell something that is free and is the best gift in all of human history, and that is salvation. How have we failed to sell the best gift for free? No strings attached. Yeah. Just come pick up your free salvation and enjoy everlasting life in the creator, the 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 entity that created you, that, that spun all of this in motion. Okay. Um, you know, he 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 created the man that created butt implants. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> there must be. be a reason. Praise be, okay? But <clears throat> if we, you know, there was actually an, um, an artist named Machine Gun Kelly who's now a pop I'm punk familiar. artist. Yeah. <clears throat> and he has this video about, like, you know, uh, in one of his music videos, and it's just all these people having this emotional, and he's just calling up all of his fans in the video and, and you know, the people are just having this emotional experience and this guy's packing out stadiums. And I was having this thought, here's these people having this emotional um, reaction, this guttural bass reaction to music. And if you listen to his first couple of albums, it's like, what are you, what, what's in here? That's so, but if we've failed as Christians to, to drive the, the, the narrative of truth, to the public and somehow we've we've become the villain in society and i don't get how that i mean i understand how that happened on a soci sociological level sure but if we failed to sell the thing that it, it's it's free dude they're giving away free there's a new mr car wash that opened in my neighborhood they're giving away free car washes yeah. lying around the block okay we failed. We got something better than a car wash. We're going to car wash your soul. Okay. <laughs> and guess what? You can just have it. Free towels. The towels are included. They, they did give me a chamois. Uh, I did get a chamois. I was, uh, I, listen, how excited was I for the chamois? It was free. It's yeah. $6 on Amazon for a pack of 10. You looked that up specifically. Yeah. Um, it's a high quality microfiber, but you know, it's a, so you're correct. I mean, we failed to do that and here's all I'm saying. We're just going to dust ourselves off and keep going. Yeah. Um, and in the age of podcasting and, and to such a popular format, there are people having podcasts and live streams yeah. about deconstructing. Right. I just wanted to say you can tear away the dumb parts of it, which are, all related to church people, lovely, lovely people who want to serve God and spread the gospel, but clearly they're out of time. They're just right. people who have been, they're so, they've done a good job of building a hedge of protection from society. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> they've built a hedge of protection from society, the people they're trying to impact. I grew up in a really, really conservative church. And their whole thing was like, we have to do everything we can, basically like Amish people, like we have to run away from. Right. And on some level, I get you have kids, you don't want them exposed to the wild stuff that exists in Teletubbies, Harry Potter, Power Rangers, all that. Yeah. So you you mentioned there are a lot of podcasts out there, and people are deconstructing. Right. Um, we're, we're not really going to do that. I mean, we are going to, as you said, rip away some of the things of church culture no, uh, but I'm... Really, just by making fun of it. And we're going to talk about church scandals. Right. Uh, we're going to do all of that. But why should people listen to us? Can we give a little bit of our background with the yeah. church to help people understand where we're coming from and why we have any kind of credibility? So I've been raising the game. I know I'm just going to raise in the game. Yeah. So. I refer to church as, and, and, and I refer to it as the team 
and I refer to it as the game, right? I've yep. been, I've been, I've been, I've been hip to the game off ramp. My grandfather came to this country to go to seminary. That has nothing to do with me. It just means that I was born and raised in a culture <clears throat> where this was the uniting thing. This was the thing that kept us, you know, our family. I went to a, a Christian school as well. Um, university of Northwestern, uh, and uh, I believe was, you obtained a uh, certificate in Christian counseling, did you correct. not? Correct, I did. Which you, which you have used on me more than anyone you know. I Probably. have, I have single-handedly benefited from your certificate in Christian counseling did, more did than you, anyone in the world. Did you benefit, or did I send you down a path of self-destruction? I have benefited. I, I, I haven't I self-destructed, I and hope. I, uh, I still have some sort of tie to the modern yeah, Christian church and faith. So yeah, I do I mean, believe you're a big part of that. I, hey, if that's true, praise God. Um, but so my family, very Christian. Me, you know, I was raised going to church in my grandfather's basement in Bloomington, Minnesota. You could throw a rocket at the Mall of America. Well, the parking ramp, you can't hit a store from where he lived. But um, down the street from the church where, uh, you know, you and I met, actually. Yeah. And, um <clears throat> Uh, I've helped plant three churches. None of them exist anymore. I mean, I guess <laughs> you're doing really well. One technically does exist. Um, it's yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, the one on my shirt that our listeners can't see. Yeah. It, it, which uh, our, our attorneys have told us we're not allowed the name on the show. So yeah. And as, as some of you may have seen, I put out a video making an apology, but I, I don't know. Yeah. So like, I, you know, I've been going to church for a long time and you know, recently I was taught, I ran into somebody like, man, you really need to get into the ministry. I was like, absolutely <laughs> not. I refuse. I decline. If you remember, you and I went to a singles conference when we, so we yeah. used to live together, right? We used to live together in Austin, yep. Texas. Neither of us are there anymore because don't, don't, it, whoever told you it was cool was lying. It's, it it's, was cool when we went there. I mean, in 2014. It, it's it's cool, but eh, I don't know. I hate live music and I hate noise, so whatever. <laughs> but anyways. And, and allergies. Yeah, I know. And the heat. Well, so. the heat didn't bother me. Yeah. Um, so I uh, forget what I was saying. Uh, you know, we went we to a singles together. We went yeah, to a singles conference. We went yeah. to the singles conference at this church that I was going to after I had left the church that we helped start because they said weird race stuff. And we'll I remember get, we'll get into that in a later episode. We will. And I, I just remember um, the the pastor, I forget what his former or what his formal title was, but you know, he was saying basically, you know, young men, single men, you have two choices. Buckle down, get married right now, pick one of the girls from the, the singles, the girls just side. Just pick one. Doesn't even matter which one. Right. All of her student loan debt and you know ex boyfriends coming through. Take on all of that. Yeah, um, or you have to go into vocational ministry. These are your two options. And I think what I said there was the Lord has called me to the air conditioning, so I don't believe I'll be getting into the vocational <laughs> yeah. ministry. Because at that point in time in my life, I didn't think that I was interested in marriage. I mean, I was interested in a yeah. family, right? I but remember. I just didn't think marriage was for me, and I still, I mean. I'm engaged and I still kind of think that so, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not engaged. <clears throat> um, I will be married someday and still be like, yeah, I don't think this is for me. Yeah. Um, 
Are you dating Jesus right now? Is that what's going on? I'm not doing that because that's weird. (laughs) There's weird idiosyncratic things that we say in church that makes me want to barf. And that's one of them. But for me, though, one of the things was I'm an outsider to evangelical culture because I was raised in a church where they spoke Malayalam, which is a South Indian language. I understood about, I speak the language fluently, but when it comes to the Bible, I understand about 30 or 40% of what's going on. I Um, remember the first time I heard you speaking Malayali on the phone. Malayalam, yeah. Malayalam, and we we had known each other for a number of years already. I'd never heard, I never knew you spoke another language, and you (laughs) were just like discreetly speaking on the phone, and I thought you were an operative for Mossad or something like that. It was (laughs) wild. No, I try to get recruited by Mossad several times, but I can't, I can't pass the physical exam. That makes sense. It's not because, because I have flat feet. So. Oh, right, right, right. No, but you know, I, I, I was an outsider to evangelical culture. And when I got into, when I left my families, like these, I went to a small, it's called Plymouth Brethren. So when my grandfather got too old to preach, we started going. Is to that Ireland. actually like a brethren denomination, right? It, it, it's an it's a non-denominational Christian movement, which it, we can, Christians cannot get on people's case about pronouns. When I have to describe, <laughs> <laughs> because if I say it's a denomination, somebody's yeah. gonna like somebody's gonna lose a, a papa gasket. It's yep. not a move like because there's no formal structure and there's mm-hmm. and that's why it sucks kind of that's why you suck at it there's no formal structure there's no right. guy in charge <clears throat> so that's how I grew up and I went to those churches and man those people are lovely people but also so incredibly weird um, so I go from there and I go you know what I want to go somewhere where they got chicks so that's the number one determining factor of where you go to church. Of course, always, always should be as a young man. I mean, I'm going to say this without any irony or humor at all. If you're a young man, go where the booty is. Yeah. I'm just, I like, anyways. So I started going to, in, to these big, you know, large mega churches where they had a lot of young people. Um, there was one in Minnesota. It's gone now. I mean, it's there, but not worth attending called the upper room let me I tell remember. you something yeah. dude yeah. i remember telling somebody this place is like a nightclub and they're like yeah okay and then they came with me to church one time and a girl walked past us in pumps wearing a glitter yeah. dress like a like a like a like a small dress a mini dress yeah it was all glittery a cocktail dress yeah there you go and uh and uh my buddy goes holy crap it is like a it is like a nightclub yeah, but I what was going on in what was going on in the upper room there, huh? That's what I want to know. All of the sermons were ter- like this guy was just unlistenable kind of guy. Yeah, nice guy, I'm sure. <clears throat> and um, the worship was off the chain. Like they had, like I think at one point Carrie Job was doing worship there. I don't remember if that's true. I Carrie Job that- came to my university once as well. Yeah. Okay, so I oh, here's all I know. There is a multi-platinum recording artist that was doing worship there for a while. Yeah. And, you know, they were they would bring in all these kind of left-of-center speakers to appeal to the audience. And they're Presbyterians. Like, they would rent this Presbyterian church out. Yeah. It was wild. And so I started going from there, and I started hopping around throughout my 20s and going to big mega churches. 
all in search of tail. Not going to pretend like that wasn't the case. At least you're honest. Yeah, and I think that's um, if we can all just be that honest and be like, yeah, it's just like, you know, that's the point of this podcast is, you know, let's let's be honest. Yeah, that's let's the just point. tell the truth because we can't actually spread the gospel until we're talking about the facts. So, anyways, that's 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 me, man. You know, and then yeah. I just I ended up being such an outsider because of it's it's really weird you know we were raised in minnesota you know i wasn't lutheran uh which is number one and then catholicism and then probably number three is assemblies of god right and that's sure assemblies of god kind of grew where people ended up in terms of church while we were while we were growing up right yeah so that church that you and i met at actually used to be a school like a private school that my uncle went to so like I, i but nonetheless what i'm driving at here is I, I ended up being an outsider in my own faith, right? Mm-hmm. In my own faith community, I was an outsider because I, culturally I was an outsider. And it wasn't because right. I was a brown person. It wasn't because I was the child of immigrants. That just made me a different kind of outsider. Like I still don't know about sports and I don't care. <clears throat> but um, that made me an outsider in the faith because I didn't grow up going to any of the mainstream churches. And so... Right. I never understood. So some of that, some of those, some of these cultural um, quirks and features, if you want to, you know, refer to it uh, there, I was an outsider to them. And so I have the, I have the perspective to say, this is weird. Yeah. So, so you didn't grow up with the, uh, the rock concerts and the fog machines no. and anything like that. Yeah. Neither did I, I was, and, uh, I was raised mostly, mostly Lutheran Yeah. and found the assemblies of God late in high school, had a near death experience, drinking a lot and smoking synthetic marijuana. I believe they call it K2 now. Oh, uh, there's neat. been a lot of, a lot of K2 overdoses in Austin, Texas. When, uh, when we lived there. So I drank a bunch, smoked some K2, had an experience where I believed I met God and yeah. promised God that if I survived through the night that I would live my life for him. Don't, uh, I don't discount that experience or... Um, I don't either. Uh, just disagree <clears throat> with it now. Um, just maybe my perception of who God is and how I'm supposed to relate to God <clears throat> has changed since then. You and I met uh, pretty early on in my... Christian life yeah. and development. I specifically remember we were at another sort of young adult thing. No, it was a young adults event in Minnesota. Um, and uh, we, uh, when we met, I just remember you telling a joke about Calvinists. Would you like to retell it? Yeah. It's gold. Um, whenever I meet a Calvinist, I kick him right in the ball sack because it's always a dude, right? It's never always. It's a Calvinist, young Calvinist men are the IPA of the faith. Right? <laughs> Tastes like piss and vinegar, and I don't quite understand why anybody likes it. <clears throat> so anyway, you know, whenever I meet a young Calvinist man, just a Calvinist yeah. in general, I kick him right in the nutsack, like as hard as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And while they're kneeling on the floor and writhing, gasping I my, for air, gasping for air, I put my hand on their shoulder and I say, now why do you think God, before he set the pillars of this earth, he he ordained that you should be kicked in the balls this hard on this day. Really? Yeah. Because <laughs> you told, dude, you you said that, and 
everyone else around um, looked at you and yeah, didn't like, want to make any comment, right? And, right. and that's all. When you say like you've been an outsider in the church, like yeah. that's what you mean. You've always, to me, you've always been a person who is willing to address the, the cultural and doctrinal differences and make fun of the church and make fun of the things that didn't make sense. But you you, you did it in a way that was authentic to you. It was hilarious to me, and it made everyone else uncomfortable. Uh, and that's I knew we were going to be great friends then because yeah, I came in as an outsider as well. Like I, I was raised Lutheran, but only nominally. It didn't right. mean anything in my daily life. So right. you weren't like um, confirmed or anything, were you? No, I, I was confirmed um, oh. earlier. Actually, I led confirmation class, but stop. But uh, I didn't know you can start throwing signs now, can't you? Yeah, like, yeah. Even he's then, confirmed, I think, <laughs> Even then, it's so. Uh, it just seems like you're just reading words off of a piece of paper in, in the Lutheran yeah. church. That was my experience. Um, yeah, so, no, so it started to mean more. It got more emotional with the lights and the, and the fog machines. Correct. And the Assemblies of God. I went to an Assemblies of God university, right. minored in biblical studies, which makes me smarter than 97% of people uh, when it comes to theology and the Bible. That's what a professor told us once. So I'm just oh, um, sticking yeah. with that. Hey man, um, you gotta claim that, okay? You gotta claim that over your life. I got that uh, that, that that minor for something, right? Yeah, and you know what I find interesting now. Let me. I'm gonna ask you this, but um, throughout my life and throughout my experience in church, I've I've been accused of doing and saying things for attention, and I, what I've tried to convey to people is, I don't care what you think about me at all. In the course of our friendship, has anyone ever asked you, is Danny for real or is he just doing this for attention? Yeah, I mean, all the time. Pretty much everyone who's ever met you and I have asked if you are for real, like if your behavior <laughs> is that seriously how you are. I'm like, yeah, I live with him. He's that way all the time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I find that interesting. And it, it couldn't be more more opposite of what's true, knowing you. you are You can actually be rather reclusive for how yeah, yeah, uh, boisterous your personality is. That's you correct, have yeah. a reclusive side to you where yeah, yeah. you would shut yourself in your room and I wouldn't see you for days. Yeah, I know. Well, I would wait till you would go to work because I knew your schedule. Yeah. And then I would open up the door and I would have a guest and then the guest would leave and then- In my bedroom, yeah, I remember <laughs> okay. that. That's, that's <laughs> not true. That happened one time, okay? And that's because you had that huge poster on your wall. And I can't get into the nitty gritty details of why that mattered, but yeah. Um, so in Texas, uh, in the time we were living together, you mentioned yeah. having planted a few churches. We helped plant a church. We yeah, got we involved did. when there were only maybe 10 or 15 people. Yeah. And we, we helped it grow up to about a hundred or, or so before yeah. it, it did a uh, bank style merger with another church or whatever happened yeah, there. Yeah, I'm not sure. Was- that was that was after our time, um, and, and you know that was uh, so was, there was a second church that I helped plant. The first one that I helped plant was really like, it was a, it was a new worship experience from a different church, so they started a Friday night service that was meant to be more seeker friendly, but then the pastor. What do you mean when you say seeker friendly? We know what that means. Right, that right. It, it just means that the church was designed for people. That, that service, the Friday night service was designed. It was in a new building. It was in an office complex instead of at a church building. And it was really just designed to help people who had never gone to church before get started. 
Now, somewhere along there, the pastor decided at his seeker-friendly service, now this guy had at that time three campuses, now it's just two, Mm -hmm. but he decided at his seeker-friendly campus, it would be a good idea to start baptizing people in the Holy Spirit that night. So I was like, oh, this is an odd choice for this venue. That church didn't really survive, but ultimately it consisted of the majority of the people who were coming every week were already going to his other churches. So it doesn't, I don't really count that one as having failed. It just ended. <clears throat> the one that I think, uh, the, the second one that I helped start, I was politely asked to no longer attend. Is the that exact- what we went to together? Mm, I, the third no. one, the one in Texas. No, 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 I'm talking about the one in Minnesota. Okay. The yeah. second one in Minnesota. I was politely asked not to return and they said you know i think you might be a better fit at your old church and i said you know what i think the same thing now there's that can, Bible I, pa- verse- can I pause can i pause right there that's one thing i hate that churches and christians do they Which can is- never give you they can never give you an honest reason like if they just said if they thought it maybe the things you said the jokes you told were inappropriate why can't they just say that they always have to say things like well, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to us about right. you, and God is saying that you may be better suited to influence the kingdom in a different location. That's <clears throat> and I, yeah, so I didn't really have the sensibility to just say, if you don't like me, just say that. If you don't, right. if I said something that that is upsetting to you, just tell me that. I mean, I remember once I was asked to skip a Bible study one time because I had said something in the previous one that they didn't like. So they, and I said, okay, what did I say? It was like a punishment. You yes, got was, I got, I got detention for one Bible study. <laughs> and then I said, okay, so you can't share what that was. They said, no, we're not comfortable sharing. I said, that's fine. So I just stopped going to the Bible study altogether. And like three or four weeks later, they called me and go, Hey, we noticed you haven't come around. And I said, listen, <laughs> if you don't want me to come, if you don't want me to come around for one reason or another, that's fine. And if you can't explain why I'm accepting of that, I just don't care anymore. Like I don't. So, and that was unrelated to this one. That was actually from a church of us that had a scandal that we'll talk about later. Uh-huh. But the, the, the church plant that I was asked to leave the second one mm-hmm. was in Minnesota um, through a series of unfortunate events. I ended up moving back to Minnesota after leaving Austin um, I'm in the process. I of- thought you moved to an undisclosed location north of Lubbock. <clears throat> that is also true. Um, those are also that, that is a factual statement. Okay. Uh, the Twin Cities is north of Lubbock. So, That's true. <laughs> um, so, you know, and I ended up moving to where this very close to where this church had a building. And, you know, there's that, that Bible verse in the Old Testament that says, and the Lord will prepare a table in front of your enemies or something along those lines. For you in front of your enemies, yeah. So I ended up driving past this church and throughout the um, the unfortunate events of 2020, uh, they had gotten rid of their lead pastor. He went to go work at a bigger mega church for a bigger salary. And they had, they had brought on a predicate felon who was reformed. Okay. Um, and you know, this is one of my, so somebody who had been to prison. Yeah. yeah, I I, I don't know if he was a predicate felon or just had the one felony, but this is one of those things that I have a gripe. I have about churches is like, Hey, there's a thousand guys who want to do the job who will do a decent enough job. We're going to do, but we got to pick these scumbags. Like, Hey, he got caught. 
doing something. I don't know, illegal. dude. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what they also thought. And then the, he was later <laughs> accused of stealing PPP money, like taking PPP. Oh, well, everybody out. stole PPP money. Right. Um, anyhow, so that church ended up getting consumed by a larger megachurch um, from the north. And uh, and I just drove by when they when they had to mm-hmm. switch the sign from whatever it was to the new. To the You're new driving line. by as the guys are out there taking down the letters off kidding. of there. That, that's literally what happened. And that Bible verse came to mind. And you said, and here's just, the table being prepared for me. I'm driving by because what ended up happening was the entire church staff, including the individual who was the worship pastor that asked me to leave, <clears throat> quit on the same day when they found out because he just refused to admit that he had done something inappropriate with the money. Um, that's at least what I've heard second or third hand. So I wouldn't know if that's the case. I'm just saying what I've heard. Okay. <clears throat> and um, so all of them lost their job like that in the middle of a really rough time. Yeah. And uh, I just thought, isn't, isn't that funny how that worked out that you, you people asked me to leave. And I think the same thing of the, the third church that, you know, that you and I helped plant. Isn't you were never asked to leave from there. No, I wasn't. No, you just, left and went to that undisclosed location north of Lubbock. No, I I, I left before before no, going. Yeah, you did. You did leave before. That was I, that was hard on me because we had helped start that church together. We had a lot yeah. of good friendships. There. I was in a relationship with a girl from there and yeah. the breakup happened. Most people in the church sided with her. Yeah. I was not asked to leave, but I was certainly given the cold shoulder by many Right, and in a church of less than a hundred people, and you got to see your ex there every Sunday. Right, that's right. not a great experience anymore. For that reason, and all the other reasons that we have quoted, um, then I began to sort of deconstruct. I also I had a mentor from college who was yeah, very she uh, was, she was po- the, your... post um, post Christian. Yeah. I I found which I I know you have your opinions on. Of I've course, always yeah. found very helpful. Yeah, um, I don't. And who I, I admire as a, as an individual. So, I'm sure she'll listen to this stuff. So, yeah, uh, and I don't know anything. What you say. Right, no, it's listen. I don't know anything about her as a person, so I'm not making that judgment. I don't know. <clears throat> I'm just. You saying, just don't I, like the whole deconstructing thing because you don't like the reasons people do it. Right, and but that's not just it. Um, I've watched some of that person's content regarding the subject, and it's talking in circles. That's the you part said that, that before, yeah. It's that's the part that breaks my brain is this kind of neo-Jewish, like we're asking questions that are answering themselves, circle of and I, I don't I don't have I lack patience for that kind of talk. That's just that's, honest. Well, yeah, and I think we're a little different in that in that way. I think you like you've placed more value on having uh, some more concrete basis for things. Right. It's not that. And here's the other thing I'm going to say throughout this throughout this podcast. I will end up sounding like Rob Bell and I will end up (laughs) saying some wishy washy things. But that's just sometimes how I feel is the most effective way to communicate. And listen, my view as I get older and the more I experience God is um, my theology isn't either or it's not it's not predestination or or free will. It's Uh it's a knob. Right, it's a knob and it's it's a spectrum. Is it a tr- spectrum, Danny? Is it a it spectrum? Makes me want to barf that I think that. All right. 
but I do. It makes me want. Eh. Um, and you know, there's a part of me that wishes. It's a that, continuum. Let's use that yeah, word. Yeah, that's because I don't. I don't think that either thing fits the whole truth. That I'm not some universalist, right? I don't think. Yeah. Of course not. I'm very objective in that it's the gospel or nothing. Um, <clears throat> but you know, I tend to have when it comes to non-gospel related um, theologies and non-gospel related. I'm very traditional and mainline uh, in that regard, but when it comes to other things, I tend to have views that, and that's the number one thing that scares me about doing this podcast is one of my answer uncles or parents, God forbid, you know, they listen to it and they go, <clears throat> you think there isn't necessarily an actual hell where people are going? Yeah. What? There's just eternal separation from God and that's punishment enough. And you don't think there's a, probably not anyway, Probably not. Yeah. Anyway, a, a literal burning fit pit. It's just probably not. probably not eternal separation from the creator, which listen, if somebody's throwing a party, I at least want to be invited. Right. Yeah. So if there's a party on the other side of this thing and I can't go. That's that's a problem. Right. The party, but, the party being heaven. Yeah, of course. Which but, is and, also not not something, an idea or a concept we really find in scripture, but well, no, I, details, I still think details that. we can get into. You know, but I think that's true. So whether that heaven is new heaven, new earth, and that just means that we're all living on a planet in perfect bodies, I don't know. Um, but I also don't. <laughs> bodies. I'm just saying. We all do CrossFit and the keto diet. We don't need to. In the new heaven, new earth, we don't have to do that. That's the. Well, whole we thing. look like we do. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, all, that's that's we where all we'll look see. Like yeah. That's where we see you, you and I are a little bit different. I have more more tolerance and even I, I've found refuge in that sort of thing yeah, where, can't do it. There, where there is not as much certainty and there is more of a asking of questions and less giving of answers when it comes to figuring out faith. Yeah, I, uh, I embrace the mystery of it, right? And I embrace that I'm not going to have all the answers. And I will say this much. I am uninterested in the never-ending pursuit of answers that I'm never going to understand. I think it's a waste of time. It's a waste of my time. I know that there is a, there is a God who created us, wants good things for us. And, um, you know, the whole gospel message, I agree with that, affirm it, believe it. And um, above and beyond that, it's all just noise, right? I, I think it's, it's good and important and valuable to study and discuss but there comes a point where you go, all right, we just think differently on the subject. I have, I have these things, I call them the three rejections. And one of the things I've rejected social conventions, obviously I wasn't invited to the social convention, so I'm rejecting them. And uh, democracy, I'm not trying to convince anybody. I'm out of that business of trying to convince anyone of anything, um, whether it's political, spiritual, or otherwise. And so I find those conversations when I'm talking to, let's say, a Calvinist. That was only two things you rejected. What was the third one? You said um, social conventions and democracy. You've rejected. What's number three? <laughs> I wrote it down somewhere. You'd think I would know this. <laughs> okay, you do. Sorry to put you on the spot. I, just, I was listening and, yeah, and yeah, I yeah, didn't get right. a third point. I really like my three-point sermon messages. Right. Uh, especially right. if you give me a fill-in-the-blank sermon note so I don't have to learn to think for myself. Praise Never God. Never think for yourself. <laughs> um, thinking for yourself is dangerous. You know, uh, 
Probably the enemy, if you think for yourself. Well, no. So um, the third rejection is the scarcity mindset. Yeah, I've adopted the the <clears throat> the abundance mindset. There's always going to be more than enough for everything that you want. Sure. Um, there's no limit to God's uh, grace, mercy, or generosity. And whatever it is you want out of this life, and I'm just going to say something that's probably controversial. I don't think it's offensive if you're a Christian person and you want fancy stuff. Yeah. Because we live in the first world already. So we're already doing better than every other yeah. Christian that ever walked this earth. Dude. Well, you've always been a Joel Osteen fan. Yeah. Uh, I know I, you have I, a picture with him. <laughs> I made you go. We drove out, we drove out to Houston to, for something called Columbian Fest to pick up Colombian chicks. That was the whole point of why we went. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. And then we like we're supposed to leave Sunday morning. We check out of the hotel, and then you're like, "All right, we're gonna drive back to Austin." I was like, "Um, no, we're going to Lakewood." <laughs> and it was one of the best sermons I have ever heard. It wasn't even Joel preaching. It was some what? guest speaker who, and he was talking about how you can have a great chance of success being married. Uh, oh yeah, okay. I, it was it stuck with me to this day. I love no, it. So I, anytime I hear someone criticize Joel Osteen, I'm like, have you tried and go to his church? Because uh, you might Yeah, actually, like, I, I've gone to his church now three or four times. Anytime I'm in Houston, if I'm in Houston on a weekend, I'll try to go to a Saturday night service at at um, Lakewood. Uh, listen, uh, he's said and done some things that I go, eh, I don't know if I would have said and done those things. But and here's the thing. For those, for those pseudo-progressive Christians who are like, the church is too white, which sometimes you had those opinions when we would go look at churches. Yep. We lived yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I never cared. I never noticed, didn't care. Because yeah. I was like, they're not going to reject me because I'm brown. There's a thousand other reasons they're going to ask me to not do that. <laughs> that's that's 10,000th on the list, I promise you. <clears throat> Walking into that church. No, I moved thousands of miles away from trying to get anywhere near any Indian people. And I go to Houston, Texas, yeah. packed full of Malayalis. We uh -huh. go into, we walk into Lakewood. The first thing we see, two Indian guys there, two in what we would say angles, two angles, yeah. walking Malayalam. And I was like, how did I go though so far away? You walk <laughs> into this you church. Are. You walk into this church. You want to talk about ethnic diversity? Everybody's oh, yeah. there. Everybody's there. They're wearing the, 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 the garb of their homeland. Yeah. The Nigerians are up yeah. in their corner. Of course, they're in the back. That. We're not going to have them up front, but, you know. Oh, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <clears throat> their, their worship guy was one of us. who's one of my cousins, probably. Um, <laughs> I just assumed. Yeah, it was. And, and that's one thing you don't hear about his church a lot is how ethnically diverse it was. All you ever hear is uh, he, all he cares about is money. Um, but, you, yeah, you kind of overlook some of the th other things that people place and, importance on. And and, and he does it in a way that's not fake, but, um, yeah, yeah, that's not, we've, that's we've not seen a the reverse side of that, of, of put of overemphasizing diversity yeah, and to the point me, where it seemed like it wasn't genuine. No, it's not that it, it's not just that it's not genuine. I'm a Brown person. I have no, I'm just living my life. I don't think about it at all. Right. Um, but now I'm a token. Now I'm a character. <laughs> I'm a character in your show. Right now, I now I'm tokenized. Sure. Now I don't. Now I'm. Now my thoughts are screw you. Yeah, you want to be more than a demographic. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm a. I'm a whole entire person. So. Um, you said something that I want to use to transition. 
Um, you said that Joel you're Osteen... A, if you're going to become a chick, dude, I don't know that I have the patience to do this with you. Well, well you know, we can circle back to your thoughts later um, if you want to circle back. But no, uh, right now, I'd like to make a segue. Yeah, because I've seen your schlong, and if you chop that thing off, that is that is a that is cursing God, I believe. Okay. Uh, all right. So moving on to the next topic, uh, <laughs> you you said that you know Joel Osteen has done and said some things you wouldn't necessarily agree with. Sure. So I want to talk about that because there are okay. lots of things that pastors do and say that we wouldn't agree with. Like all of the scandals we're going to talk about on this show. Uh, and I guess I want to talk about why, other than you loving a good scandal, why are we going to talk about major uh, historical church scandals? <clears throat> um, because I think it is important. I, I think what has happened is we've deitized, if that can, you know, if that's a word, pastors. Deified, we've, I think. Would deified, be the word, yeah. But I'm not an English yeah. major. We hoist them up on our shoulders because I still remember when I started coming to mega churches and people were like, "Pastor so and so," and I was still just calling them by their first name. Yeah. And, like I don't. Now I I'll, I'll do it, but it's really a courtesy, and I really want any pastor seeing this. If I've called you, if I've if I've referred to you as pastor, it's a courtesy, <clears throat> and. You know, we're, we're, we witness these huge, massive churches and they have these, you know, the, the pastors have a human moment where, mm -hmm. and I, in, in, for some people, it's the moment their faith gets crushed is because they've put their faith, not yeah. in the, in the, in the, in the Christ, the, the author of our salvation, they put their faith in this guy at the, or girl, mm -hmm. but the girls usually, for some reason, evangelical church just completely sweeps it on the rug when it's a woman who does something wrong. But um, <clears throat> we, a lot, for a lot of people, they go, oh, my goodness, my pastor's leaving the church. It turns out he might be gay. I mean, that's that's happened in several. Yeah, he's gay. Like, he's an atheist. He cheated, whatever. whatever. And they go. And it crushes okay. their faith. Yeah. And that crushes to me is, it, and it's very simple. Your faith was in the wrong thing. So we as Christian people... Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I think I think there's a lot of good reasons uh, to leave the church and to walk away from your faith. And I think you could, in, you could include those things. Yeah, if, but, that, if your faith is in the person, the pastor, the leader, yeah, the, then the, you're the right. The reason I say that's a dumb reason, there's, a, there's, there's, there's some reasons I think that are where I'll go, okay, I can, I can see where you're coming from. But... Um, when your pastor does something, when a pastor does something screwed up, they have a scandal, right? And my yeah. favorite scandal, which I don't think we're going to get to for a few weeks, is Ted Haggard. Ted Haggard, yeah. I'm just going to spoil the joke now. Dude gets Spoiler caught. Spoiler alert. Dude gets caught with a male Mary Magdalene and Matt. That's a prostitute. <clears throat> right, that's a whore. And he gets caught with a male whore and a bunch of meth. And he's going to fly out to some foreign country to which I go, listen, if it was a female hooker and Coke, you just like to party. And there's, yeah. well, we can, we can restore that. But a male we hooker. We can do some has, restoration training. Ah, yeah. That's rough. But, you know, I, I think that in, for me, it's this simple. If you screw up, if you're on the, on the major stage and you screw up, 
all deference to you. God bless. I hope the best for you and your family. You're going to go sell insurance now. You're going to go buy a laundromat. You're going to go do mm-hmm. something that isn't this because there's a thousand other guys waiting in the wings to do the job. And it, l- let's put somebody else up to bat. It doesn't all have to be Barry Bonds juiced up till he's 60. We can find another guy. We can, we can fill him up with the hormones too. So <laughs> I, I'm just, um, I, I, for, and listen, if we can't, I feel, here's the problem. Growing up in church, I dealt with exclusively humorless old people who had no sense of humor about anything, couldn't have any fun. And then when the church, when my generation left their church, which is what happened to the church that I was raised in, right? They, I had to have a meeting with them. And they were like, you know, if you leave the church, like, you know, if you leave and all the other people start leaving, we won't have another gen- like we'll die and i go that's the market my friend so yeah that's i mean the market always corrects i'm a i'm a believer yeah. in um free market science so, so back so- back to the scandals yeah. back to the scandals you um what i heard you saying is that pastors church leaders are just people yeah and they have human moments and maybe us, the, um, the congregation has placed too much emphasis on them. And, and I would agree with that. That's, that's the part I'm, that's what interests me about church scandals is how heavily they affect the congregation. Uh, you know, I love talking about church culture. I have unpopular opinions so no one wants to listen. Uh, but I think the church scandals, they carry extra weight. Uh, you know, pastors and clergy, they're generally regarded as having a higher level of spiritual authority. They're acting as the mouthpiece of God. Uh, so when something happens, I do I do think I, a lot of people look at them like they're the mouthpiece of God. You know, your pastor gives us, they deliver a sermon message on a Sunday. Whatever their interpretation of scripture is, that becomes the congregation's interpretation. Very, very seldomly does anyone go back to the Bible and try to say, was he even you know, understanding proper cultural and historical context? Does this make sense? Does it even apply to us? This and if you excellent. are to do that, if you are to do that, you're going to be excommunicated from the church because you're challenging the authority. So that's what's interesting to me is when these scandals happen and these leaders are shown to be just human like everyone else, everyone kind of loses it. There's a very interesting reaction. But I think to me, and to you, it just kind of shows us maybe we have unrealistic expectations of our church leaders, and nobody really has more spiritual authority than we're assigning to them. Right. And um, I would also add this to say it's like they um, – shoot, I lost my train of thought. But, you know, we've placed – oh, I know what it is. Um, you know, when I start, first started attending an Assemblies of God church, and someone explained um, – servant leadership to me yeah and they explained it in detail can you just you you're you know you went to the ag university can you tell me what that is real quick uh so servant leadership is the concept that if you want to be a leader in the church you do so by serving others so if you want to be a leader in the church you should sign up for our setup ministry oh which is where you you're going to put up chairs before service. So the uh, person, it's, it's the idea that you take a back seat before yeah. you get to be in the driver's seat. Which, how rare is it that you've seen that, right? 
Oh yeah, the guy setting up chairs never become the executive pastor. <clears throat> the guy setting up chairs never become anything more than the guy setting up chairs for five years straight. Exactly. Um, and, and that's so the explanation that I was told was we're going to serve God by serving the pastor's vision for our church. That's what mm -hmm. someone explained mm -hmm. to me. And when I heard that, I thought, what kind of communist nonsense <laughs> are you people? And so one thing that is always an affront to my spirituality and my faith is the um, conglomeration or corporatization of my faith and the robbing of me as an individual practicing, experiencing faith and practicing and experiencing God in my life. And it's become this corporate thing. And we are doing it together. And there is a corporate element to it. I'm not saying that's not true. Right. I'm just saying that's been placed in many, in many experiences I've had. The corporate has been placed in front of the individual. And in the church that we helped plant that I ended up leaving, mm -hmm. it was the they're explicit. They were explicit about the corporate being more important than the individual. Than, than the individual. I don't believe in, you know, corporate salvation, and that's uh, it. Well, well, it's confusing to say the least because the same church we went to that emphasized corporate involvement and corporate experience of God, uh, they would also tell you that it's very important to have a personal relationship with Jesus. So then I'm right. like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. What do you want me to do here? Can yeah. you just, because it, it, it's, it's always those competing messages that make me, and in, in, in the inability, here's what really drives me nuts. It isn't the incongruence of the message. It's that everyone sitting around me that has a brain that mm -hmm. most of these people have good, decent jobs. Someone right. is paying them to do something and they're not getting fired. Because if they're getting fired because they're stupid, then I can understand. But they're staying at these jobs. And they're Business owners, clearly you know, intelligent individuals, right. <clears throat> and none of these people. And here's the other problem is I have this belief that I'm an idiot. I don't know everything. And the older I get, the less I know. So... If I'm stupid and I'm going, that doesn't make any freaking sense. <laughs> what you just said makes no yeah. sense at all. And you people are doing anything about it. Yeah. Everyone's nodding their head and saying amen. Everyone's just like, oh, well, I guess that's the way they go. <laughs> and it's like, are, like, did your wife tighten your belt too tight? Like, are you, is the circulation cut off from your body? The khakis, you, the khakis are too. The, the shirt, Kirkland. the polo the, shirt is too the tucked Kirkland, into the khaki pants. The Kirkland polo is tucked into the Kirkland khakis. I mean, that's we're going to talk about how young men and oh. men are just decimated because of church at some point in one of these episodes. But did I cover everything on your call sheet? You did. I just let's talk about uh, what your favorite scandals are and then uh, we can wrap it up. So, Danny, what are, uh, what can we look forward to for some of the scandals we're going to cover? I mean, and uh, just just to be clear, too, it won't all be scandals. Yeah. We're probably going to go every other. It'll be like one episode's like a scandal. Right. The next is a piece of church culture we're addressing. But uh, Correct. what are some of the scandals you love? Yeah. So just to address that, initially, this was just going to be a one-off series where we just did here are the craziest 10 scandals in American church history. And that was it. And then I saw this guy's video, this guy, this rapper, uh, Ruslan, a CHH rapper, who's doing YouTube videos. And I thought, oh, we have so much to add to this conversation. <clears throat> so my favorite church scandal of all time in American history is Ted Haggard. I love yeah. it. As you mentioned. He, here's a guy who is clearly bisexual at the very least. 
I'm not judging. Okay. I'm really not right. Uh, whatever, dude. <clears throat> um, and can't admit it. Just, Hey bro, it's, it, listen, it's really rough. You've never yeah. had any sort of other career. You're on in your years. There's these things called the coding camps where they teach you how to program computer languages. Go to one of them. It's $16,000 and you'll get a job making 70 or 50, 70 or 80 grand afterwards. Stop trying to be a pastor. In the course of setting this podcast up and doing the research, I looked up Ted Haggard. Which, which, which uh, we've done very little, folks. Extremely well, little research. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I, I watched the two documentaries by Nancy Pelosi's daughter that are on HBO Max. Yeah. I don't watch anything else on HBO Max, obviously, because there's nipples and those are bad. Right. God put them there and they make and he made them interesting <laughs> to me for whatever reason. But don't look at them. Fascinated whenever I see one. Um, <laughs> And uh, this guy did, did all this stuff. It was in the mid-2000s. And so uh-huh. I thought, okay, I'm just going to find these old articles. And I did find a bunch that were like, you know, from whatever website. And um, but then there was a bunch of 2022 articles. I was like, that's weird. And I start clicking. Huh. He did it again. Oh, he did. <laughs> he wow. got accused of doing it again. All right. It's so like, Ted Haggard, he's done yeah. it. He's done it again. Uh, obviously, uh, two-time you know, offender. Just, what are some of your other favorites we're going to cover? I mean, of course, just the Hill Song. There's so much there, right? That might there's be a, a two-parter. That that could be sure. a two-parter. Um, I love the story of Hill Song, and I mean that sincerely. Even though I think in the next five years it's not going to exist anymore, I like the Mars Hill one. I like the Mars Hill one because mm-hmm. we're going to cover Mars Hill. Yeah. What? Like, yeah, I don't understand the Mars Hill scandal, but we're going to get into it. And I'm <clears throat> I'm working my way through the existing Mars Hill, the rise and fall of Mars Hill, so I can give a reaction to it because it's silly for us to do a podcast about Mars Hill and not address the existing four-part uh-huh. multi-million you know, million download series or whatever about it. I think those, I mean, that encapsulates, I mean, listen, my uncle Ravi Zacharias, that was a rough one. for Ravi Zacharias, yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'll tell it. you. I didn't even know that one happened. I, I always enjoyed listening to him. I was big into apologetics for a while, so he was a, disliked a top him, guy for me. Disliked him off rip. Never liked listening to my uncle. You don't like you, listening to a lot of Indian guys, so that's yeah, not that's surprising. True. And I'll tell you something my uncle Ravi told me on a very special night. He said, just pick one. They all cost the same. <laughs> <laughs> that's a preview uh, of what scandal he got into. Who else is on here? Uh, Carl Lentz. Yep. We've got Carl Lentz. Of course. Um, Carl Lentz is the is part of the um the Hillsong scandal. So yeah. Um this other guy I can't say this guy's name. Who? The one I can't say. Tullian Chivdal. Tullian Trevadian, yeah. Uh He's the grandson or nephew of of Billy Graham. Yeah, it just seems like his I mean, you know, we'll we'll get into it when we talk about it. We've got a uh, Perry Noble on yeah. here. Who's that? Who's <clears throat> the preview? Oh well, Perry Noble was. I, what I love about all these guys is they have these like they do these sermons about how great their marriage is. Yeah. And then when when the scandal breaks, Perry Noble had a drinking problem. All deference to him. <clears throat> I'm glad he got help. Ends up getting divorced. But the problem is, why just start a new church, Perry? Like the, 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 gotta make the, money somehow, man. 
again, this is America. If you don't make money, you're a douchebag. Go sell insurance, right? I know. You said it already. Insurance, start a coffee shop. There's a thousand other things you should be doing. Hey, start a podcast. Write a book about the rise sure. and fall of your own skin. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bro, if, if I was the head of the, the Hillsong guy that uh, I um, Houston, mm-hmm. bro, I'm writing a book and starting a podcast about the rise and fall of Hillsong. Hillsong is still a multi, multi million dollar megachurch that's all over the country, all over the world. Yeah. Bro, you're going to make so much more money if this is strictly about money, which I pray to God for a lot of you, it is uh, pastors who are involved in scandals. Because if it's not and it's about ego, we're so much more doomed than I thought. <laughs> well, okay. those are just a That's, couple of the uh, ones. Yeah. We got Celebration Church. Yep. In Lake from Lakeville, Minnesota. That's a local scandal that uh, Dan really? and I grew what? up with. We have good friends who were deeply involved and affected by that scandal. So we'll, we may have some insider knowledge on that one. Right. And I actually have insider knowledge because I know people that used to work there. So um, that was a that was a funny one to me. And, you know, to, we'll get into the details of that one. But the guy who started that church is a prolific minister. It was his daughter that kind of had some trouble. And hey, by the way, just to throw this out there for anyone who's listening, if you are one of these pastors that we end up covering or you're, you know, from one of the you're the you're the you know, you're Mark Driscoll and we're talking about Marshall, shoot us an email allpodmedia at gmail.com. We'd love to have you on here and discuss it. My goal isn't to, my goal, I can't speak for everybody, I can't speak for Brett. My goal isn't to completely decimate your character. My goal is to just talk about this in a lighthearted manner so that other Christians learn, hey, this is just, hey, this is just part of being a human being, okay? Yeah. Yeah. So you misappropriated some funds and you yelled at some people. Ah, it happens. So you're John Christ and you, you know, get a girl to drink a bunch of vodka and go rollerblading. I, it happens. We all I like don't to even understand that one. So uh, we, you know, we have a, a what else? Uh, a couple others on the list. Looks like you got Josh Duggar on here. That's a particularly disgusting one, but we got to get into it. And then uh, you've got Rob Bell, which I'm not even familiar with, other than him being generally controversial. What he did specifically to make our list. But uh, those um, are just some well, of the ones we're going to cover. He said there's no hell, but maybe we'll wrap him up with Carlton Pearson, who also said there is no hell. Okay. Um, I mean, that was scandalous. And a lot of the scandal maybe wasn't even Rob Bell. It was the evangelicals, the evangelical world's reaction to his. I, I was in Bible college during the time. Yep. Oh, what a time love, to be alive. Love wins, right? Love wins. I hate that that's become a phrase now. <laughs> It well, does. Might not, might, it might not win. Uh, we don't what, know. What is love, though? What is love? Baby, well, God, well, God is love, obviously, Danny. It says so in Scripture. I can't go down this rabbit hole with you right now. But, yeah. Well, that's all the rabbit holes we have time for. That's right. There's all sorts of holes that I like getting into, but we don't have time for that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, Brett, it's time for us to conclude, and I just wanted to say one thing before letting you go. You're canceled. Oh, thanks, Danny. You are also canceled. Oh, thank you.